Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is the man who got his start doing play-by-play in the AHL in Providence and New Haven. He was the original voice of three franchises, the Cleveland Barons, New Jersey Devils, Tampa Bay Lightning. He also did play-by-play for the Houston Astros. It is a pleasure to talk to him once again as the station ID that you are about to hear is from 41 years ago. Rick, can you play that for one second? Hi, I'm Larry Hirsch, voice of the New Jersey Devils. You're listening to Mark Roseman and Rich O'Connor on WNYT's Sports Talk. Love that music. You do like that. Well, it was very, you know, late 70s. Uh, It's a pleasure to speak to him again. Welcome, Larry. How you doing? Gentlemen, good evening. How are you from uh, lovely Tampa, Florida? Uh, What's the temperature there right now? Uh, Well, this is the best time of the week. It's uh, We've gotten a break from the rain. It's clear. Uh, the wind is coming in off the Gulf, and uh, it's probably in the uh, probably around 80. Ooh, I would it's say a lot nicer than here. Not, a lot nicer than here for sure. But breezy, but bre- and yeah, but it's it's been a rather uh, warm summer <laughs> down all, here. So all, all over. So you're a native New Yorker, born and raised in the Bronx. You go to the University of Maryland as a poli sci major, and you start your broadcasting career in the AHL. So how does a poli sci major turn into a hockey play-by-play announcer? Well, this is a good time to start plugging the book. No. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, well, the thing is that um, I, I, I went to uh, law school to become a politician. I really wanted to be a politician, run for office. <clears throat> but um, then I just uh, found sports, and I found uh, hockey, and I found a calling. You know, it really was. It was a pretty amazing transition, you know. And I was in law school, and I was able to get a, um, a uh, get-out-of-jail-free card from law school and, uh, and started pursuing a career that's, you know, that uh, – Took me uh, all the way to all those places you mentioned, and um, <clears throat> it um, it was a great ride. And um, I'm really uh, I'm I'm very proud of what I accomplished, and um, I was able to get some uh, some bucket list items that I really wanted to do, and I did it. You know, and and I was able to come back to uh, the city where I grew up in, and. Uh, and show my wares, so to speak, and uh, and we did a we did a pretty I thought a pretty darn good job in New Jersey, you know. So uh, loved it and still do. Absolutely. So so growing up, obviously there had to be someone that inspired that love of sports and, and announcing. Who were some of the New York voices that that inspired you to want to be a play-by-play announcer? Well, on the hockey side, there used to be this guy, Wynn Elliott, who used to work for WINS in New York. He was a sports guy, and he did these independent, you know, <clears throat> radio and TV jobs for uh, for the Rangers. And uh, that was my first exposure, and he was just a, a terrific, crazy, very energetic announcer, and uh, and I loved it. And, uh, and of course, Marty Glickman, uh, the great Marty Glickman. And um, and so on into 
Marv Alpers and everything like that. So, but I came in during those times, so I, I lived the I lived the dream, so to speak. <clears throat> well, all these guys, Sam Rosen, all these guys uh, uh, were working around me, you know, and doing their jobs and everything like that. So I was able to, um, you know, really find out uh, a lot about guys, met a lot of guys, and uh, it was, you know, I, I just did it on my own and uh, carved out a, a pretty darn good career and uh, over, you know, about 33 years, and it's, uh, it's, uh, and I can, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, put the, put it down in words, you know, what, what my career meant. It's not that I'm any better or any worse than any other announcer or anything like that. It's just that I think a guy who just started from scratch and uh, made his way through and uh, met all these people and on the way up and around, and um, you know, it's it's the the you well know you guys well know the the industry is terrific, and if you can make a living, even better, you know. Absolutely. So, uh, and I encourage it all the way. Yeah, and I can't wait for the book because there's just so many interesting stories that you have. I mean, two years in the NHL, you get the call to be the inaugural voice of the Cleveland Barons. And for those listeners, and we have quite a few that are too young to remember, the Barons were a relocation of the California Golden Seals franchise that had played in Oakland since 1967. The team lasted just two seasons in Cleveland. The team merged with the Minnesota North Stars, now the Dallas Stars. Can you tell our younger audience a little bit about the history of the franchise, your favorite moments covering that team, and then what really went wrong as Cleveland had been such a rich you know, hockey town going back to the Barons of the AHL? The problem was that <clears throat> the AHL, or the competing hockey league, came into competition with the NHL, and they got there first. And their franchise, although it, it had, you know, it was a pretty good hockey team and had some pretty good players on it, um, it just didn't go well. And uh, that that franchise uh, closed shop, and it just didn't end, end well. And the Barons came in right after that. With the NHL and and from California, as you said, and it it it, it should have been an easier sell and a good sell, um, but because it was coming off of the brouhaha with the uh, with the uh, Crusaders, that was the W yeah the yeah, um, and uh, you know there was a, a an ex NHL player that was a star on that team. Uh, Paul uh, Paul Schmier, he was a defenseman, and uh, you know he was pretty good. In the, and they wanted him to bring him over with the Barons, but the Barons came, you know, with their own team. So, uh, uh, but we played. You know, what was probably more unique is we played in an arena that was the first one of the first arenas that featured um, restaurants and balcony, you know, and and suites, so on and so forth. It was in the middle of nowhere. But it was pretty. It was pretty once you got inside of it. It was interesting, an interesting place. Right. That's one of the things. Also, they felt that had the arena been downtown, or a number of issues that they felt could have saved the Cleveland Barons. It's also interesting that you know, they they remain the last franchise in the four major sports leagues to cease operations. Um, and Ohio would not have another NHL team until uh, 22 years later with the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
after the Barons, you move on to be a sports anchor in L.A., and then here in New York, you produced um, here in New York for WPIX. How was being a sports anchor? How did that differ from being a play-by-play announcer for you? Because I didn't know how to do television sports anchoring. (laughs) You know, when I came through, guys, uh, you know, the jobs weren't uh, plenty on the the Internet. We didn't have the Internet, you know. And um, I'm amazed that my daughter can send out, you know, her website to, you know, 50 people by just pressing send. You know, (laughs) that's a great thing to have. Uh, I didn't have that. So, you know, it was the kind of thing that, you you know, you had to kind of, Press your way through uh, and take what you can get, and it doesn't make a difference. I mean, my, my story was that um, I, I, I started with new franchises, with new teams, and we had a market in those different markets, you know. And I can only do what I did, which was broadcasting, and, and uh, everything went really well as far as I was concerned. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you can only deal with the franchise that you can. And I caught a very lucky break um, uh, when I was out in California and I was working out there, and I had a weekend anchor job on LA TV, so I was paying the bills at least. And uh, I got a, uh, that's when uh, Mc, uh, John McMullen came in and bought the uh, Colorado franchise and brought it to New Jersey. And... Uh, and that's that started a whole new episode, and I often sent to my then girlfriend, uh, eventual wife, and mother of my children, uh, that uh, if I could only get back to New York and, and do a hockey game back there, I'd be I'd be I'd be happy, you know. And that's what happened when I got to New Jersey. I sold myself to uh, to John McMullen. He gave me an opportunity after a a pretty uh, intense interview. Um, five days later, he hired me, and uh, the rest is history. You know, it's uh, it was it was a great, great, great run because, as it turned out, as everybody thought, it would be a shoe in to be a success in New Jersey. It didn't necessarily get off to that kind of a start, you know, but uh, but it worked its way through, and it's the franchise that it is now, and you know, they won a couple of cups, so. All as well, I guess. You know, they're rebuilding now. But, but when I came through, the uniforms were the color yeah. of Gucci, which was green, red, and white. Yeah, they were hideous. Christmas <laughs> color. Oh man. Christmas colors. Well, um, uh, the, uh, uh, but the, we were very popular at Christmas time. So, <laughs> what, what can I tell you? You know, it's, but, it's interesting because I mentioned that you were poli sci major, and people might not know this. Larry Brooks was the first public relations man for the New Jersey Devils, and we've had Larry on here a number of times. And Larry Brooks was a poli sci major. I'm just wondering, did you guys ever have, like, some intense political conversations during your time with the Devils? Larry and I have had some uh, intense discussions, but they weren't about public relations. Uh, uh, Larry, uh, <clears throat> Larry and I are kind of like the classic clash between a newspaper reporter and a broadcaster and there is a difference and uh, and and the broadcasters have kind of come the writers and the reporters have kind of come over into broadcast land with changing technology and everything like that but um, but I was a play-by-play guy I was a broadcaster I talked to the fans every night gave them the game gave them all sorts of news put them in touch with the franchise did a lot of creative things in New York, you know, 
and uh, they liked it, and, and the, the owner loved it. So, you know, all was well. You know, as, as you look at broadcasters, whether it's hockey or baseball or football or whatever the sport is, announcers develop or get known for signature calls. So part one of the question is, what were you considered to be your signature calls? And I see a couple here. And two was, how did they come about? Was that organically just sit down and say, I need to have a signature call, and how would I develop or, it? Or was it from the John Sterling school where you had them all scripted? Right. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. John Sterling works on his signature calls. I know John. And John can be, John's a character, but he's, he's a, I, I, I've got to tell you something, you know. I, I remember when John was the play-by-play guy in Atlanta with the Braves on TBS, you know. And, and um, you know, it, I have a tremendous amount of respect for broadcasters. So when broadcasters get it, you know, through their play-by-play, they get into a groove with something, and it and it repeats, and people all of a sudden start latch, latching onto it. That's uh, that's like um, uh, whipped cream and cherry and nuts. On top of that, you you hope for that and you pray for that, but you know you don't know until you start getting you know getting the feedback. And um, it, it's uh, you gotta you gotta have a lot of passion and a lot of heart, a lot of belief in what you're doing. And that you belong, and you just burrow your way through, and that's that's kind of what I did, you know. I kind of bursted on the scene. Who's he? And then after a few weeks or so, they all found out who I was, you know. So um, it, it, I had a lot. I've had. I wouldn't trade any of those moments, you know. And and look, I started a franchise. You know, I, I started with the the Cleveland Barons. Came over from uh, from California, as you said. And then I then I went to the New Jersey Devils. They came from Colorado, <laughs> you know. And then Tampa, what came from Phil Esposito's head. <laughs> Tampa, that's right. That's hey, you know, everybody knows, you know, that money and whatever went into that deal. But yeah. you know, the thing that really crushed that deal was was Phil. You know, I mean, Phil was the was the uh, front man, and uh, the league was going with him uh, if, if they can just get everything together, and they did. You know, and uh, there's a statue out in front of the uh, Amelie Arena with that. Uh, it's Phil. Yep. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> you know, I could tell you a lot of stories about Phil. And I'm going to tell a lot of stories in my book. So uh, look, We are really looking forward to that book for sure. You know, we mentioned in the open that you also did play-by-play for the Astros as well. So there's quite a few announcers who've done both sports right here in New York. Howie Rose, Kenny Albert, Jiggs McDonald come to mind. What are the major differences game day for you between calling the two sports? Well, first of all, um, doing hockey and doing baseball, even though they're in different seasons and they kind of, and they coordinate with each other, they're really kind of opposites. Because with hockey, you feel like you're on a traveling road show. You know, you're going in games, going out games, back to back games, traveling. You know, and all of that. And you're in towns and you're out. You got to prepare shows and prepare games. My pregame uh, on game day, counting the interviews I had, I used to do uh, was three to four hours of preparation because I put the whole broadcast together. And uh, from from soup to nuts, from pregame to postgame, and everything in between. And I was very fortunate to have organizations that let me do that. And uh, and in return, I gave them, you know, I thought uh, what was a uh, 
pretty interesting product, and we uh, we had a lot of listeners, and there's a lot of great hockey stuff in <clears throat> in New York and that whole area, and uh, they should treat it better than they treat it. I don't I don't care what they say. You should always talk hockey. I don't care what you say. You know it. it uh, it's a major sport. It's been around longer than the guys that are in New York talking right now, and it's been around longer than that. And uh, it's carved a great niche here in New York. Uh, just look. I mean, what area? You know, ninety to ninety to one hundred and twenty miles apart from each other, maybe, or maybe a little longer. Uh, that carry four hockey teams, and you know, they sell. <laughs> you know, they nearly sell out, or they sell out. You know, and, and it's it's call it a cult sport, call it whatever you want. It's a great sport, and it, it presents uh, a lot of great things. And for a broadcaster who's absolutely crazy about it, I just took it two or three steps further, and I, I really um, felt that um, the fan deserved uh, to to uh, have that. That's why I started every broadcast, no matter what team I was with. I always said. I'm going to put you in row A, seat one. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going to make you feel like you're there. And um, I tried my hardest to do that and, and make it enjoyable and even get fans to participate. You know, so it, it, it just covered everything across the board. You know, and that's what I had to do in order to become an, a, a play-by-play guy. Awesome. You know, so, um, and it's, a, it's just a, a wonderful thing to do. Uh, but baseball is different. Baseball, it's like a country club. I mean, because by the time I got there, um, first of all, all charter planes. And three-quarters of my career were always commercial flights. And I, in the last quarter of my career, I got into charters. And they're much better. And, they're, you know, baseball people, they've got it covered. Boy, Marvin Miller did a great job for them. They got it covered from soup to nuts. You know, you just have to worry about making the buses at the end of the game for getaway day and making uh, getting to the hotel and getting a call 30 minutes later to say that your luggage is downstairs. Come on. And, you know, you, you're – you're surrounded by this game, but you have a, you have downtime, so it's it's really good. Some of the cities you go to can't beat it. I got to go to San Francisco, uh, got to go to L.A., San Diego, you know, Atlanta. I mean, it's pretty good. It's great pretty stuff. Good. We're up against a break. Before we let you go, Larry, when can people expect the book? Well, um, uh, Matt and I, we're, we're collaborating now. Uh, I've discovered a way which, you know, I'm, I'm going to have uh, – uh, him transcribe what I put down on paper because I do want it to be presentable. I'm 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 a better broadcaster communicator than I am a writer, um, but I'll also do some writing and um, and we just have to decipher. I just have to decipher, you know, for my best foot forward initially out of the box, you know, what are the what are the great stories of. Do people want to hear how I actually did it from scratch and got to do uh, what I did and meet many people as I did um, and get down and sit down and talk with many people? You know, it, it was absolutely great, and I was blessed to do it. And if you guys are going to do it, uh, it's hard, but everything else that's worthwhile doing is hard. So, uh, but it's it's a great thing, and... Uh, thanks for having me tonight, guys. I really appreciate it. All right. So. Thanks so much. Larry Hirsch, play-by-play announcer for the Devils, the Barons, the Tampa Lightning. Bay Lightning. Unbelievable. And he's got a book coming out, hopefully within a year.